Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sherlock, Sherlisten, the podcast taking a pop at culture. Sherlock, Sherlisten. 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 Oh, very good, Benjamin. We're back after our Christmas break in the new year of 2023. And it's Tuesday. It's, it's a bloody Tuesday. What it's are we doing well, here during the week? Well, I don't know. I don't understand it. But you came up with some logical reason, Benjamin, about trailer release schedules and how big Marvel will always making the absolute fool of us. They were, they, were, they, they were intentionally, Michael, maliciously setting out to make us look like a pair of tits. But sure, look, Ben, we don't have time for any of that complaining because we've lots to look at this week, including Gotham Knights and what is the obsession with Batman without Batman, Velma, Ben, controversy and character changes, and Extraordinary, an Irishman Suspos special. And we've seen the trailer for Bo is Afraid, which seems a very gripping, Benjamin. Sure, listen, Michael, if that wasn't enough, and to if- quote a classic line, Michael... Bloody isn't. Bloody isn't for a weekly pop culture podcast. Michael. Like every Tuesday. Michael, something happened in November of this year. Right? Go on. Yeah. There was a TV show that came out that was supposed to come out in October, almost definitely. And we'll never know why it didn't. But we got Halloween. We got Wednesday, Michael. And the response to Wednesday globally, Michael, has been nothing short of astounding. A social media sensation. A sensacion, Michael. As they say in Spain. As they say in Spain. So we're going to take a look at that, Michael. And then we're going to take a look at what, why is goth so hot right now? What's going on? What's going on with it? Why is it so hot? But first, Benjamin. Yeah. We have to have a look at the current Justin Roiland controversy. Oh, I know, Michael. Jesus. This is very bad news for you, Benjamin. Because <laughs> as you remember, several years ago... You personally said, actually, look, there's no point in me describing it. We have a voice clip, so I might as well roll the voice clip now. Oh, jeez, Mick. I, I, I just, I'd support Justin Roiland for anything that he did. No matter what it was, he just, no matter what he did, I'd support him. He just seems like a real solid guy. That's the end of that clip, Benjamin. I, w- I wish you hadn't played that real and factual clip of my voice. That's a yeah, real yeah. shame. Uh, that's a real shame, Michael. Yeah, look, have no, uh, hold no idols, Michael. Just don't hold them. Praise no gods. Don't be doing it. Don't yeah, be doing yeah. it. The bloody uh, bowler will roll down the hill after you. Uh, yeah, so come here to me, Michael. Justin Roiland is currently, has currently been charged um, with domestic violence. And oh. is facing the serious incarceration time of seven years, Michael. Uh, that's America, though, isn't it? You get more time in America for domestic violence than you would for shooting someone. That's probably true, Michael. If he'd shot his partner, he'd probably, <laughs> probably be grand. He'd probably be grand. Yeah, um, just ask Oscar Pistorius, allegedly. The, the other thing that's come out this very day, Michael... Um, on Monday, Ben. On when we're Monday, recording this. Monday, the day before, and it's just as well we did. Michael. can you imagine if we'd done this on Sunday and the story hadn't gotten worse? Oh yeah, yeah. We'd you be miles saying, Oh man, I just I'd support Justin Roiland in anything. <laughs> yeah, that that would be me. Um, definitely, factually, obviously. Come here to me. Uh, there have been screenshots unearthed, Michael, of Justin Roiland talking to a fifteen-year-old in a way that no grown adult man. <laughs> 
She'll talk to a 15-year-old. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, look. Oh, jeez, Ben. He's a fucking dirtbag, and that's the end of Rick and Morty. <laughs> oh, jeez. Now, Benjamin, we do live... In, well, we live in a system wherein you are innocent until proven guilty, and I think so does Justin Roiland. Yeah, all right, fine. But if I, if so, I was if I was hardcore supporting him before, Michael, I'll hardcore support his incarceration too. Exactly, yeah, if he did it. <laughs> if, he, if it turns out that he did it, which it seems like he may have done. <laughs> yeah. And um, that's all we're going to say on that. From one cancelling of a human being to another cancelling of a human being, Michael. Velma, we got a trailer. This, uh, oh, you've skipped over Gotham Knights. Ben. Oh, I skipped. You've, you've, oh, damn it. You've I've, gone to a lot of effort, Ben. You've created this whole system with the notion and the whole running order. And then you've just ignored it from the very first segment. Um, speaking of one shit show to another. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, we got a trailer, Michael, inexplicably for Gotham Knights. Um, Why, Ben? Why is this happening? <laughs> so I have a theory. Go on. I have a theory. There is currently a video game that was released just pre-Christmas called Gotham Knights. A big hit, Ben. Uh, no, not really, Michael. Quite unpopular. <laughs> A bit of a flop, then. A bit of a flop. But I think this was designed to coincide with that because this is coming to us from the sexy, silly people over at the CW. Oh, the CW. The C... Oh, I can't think of anything funny for CW, Ben. The, cu- <laughs> the cute whores. The cute whores over at the CW, Ben. Benjamin, yeah. who is asking for the sixth Batman show without Batman? Who wants it? It's just- who he- who keeps asking for it, Benjamin? Have we not had enough? Did we not learn our lesson with the ni- late nineties Birds of Prey? Michael, this this is this is like a carbon copy of the bloody Teen Titans TV Benjamin, show. Did we not learn our lesson with the Teen Titans? Did we not learn our lesson with Gotham, Benjamin? Just a couple of weeks ago, that was on. I do, but do you know what's even more heinous this time, Michael? At least at least when you're watching Teen Titans, right? You've got ah, oh, there's my boy Robin. There he is. Look oh, yeah. At him. Yeah, he's popular. He's a popular character. There's fan favourite character, Starfire. Oh, yeah, yeah. There she yeah, is. Yeah. What's that? What's that? A gothy little witch called Raven. There she is. Have I've seen her in the cartoon show, Teen Titans Go. Yes, that we all grew up with and were, were given a chance with. And, you know, it was great. It was great, Michael. But this time they've gone, do you know what would be even better? Yeah, what, what, go on. What if we set it in a fictional universe where Batman had a son, right? Yeah. And the Joker had a son. daughter. Yeah. And, or did she? And, or did she? We don't know. And what, what would happen, Michael, if we just took a bunch of no-name characters and made them up for a show called Gotham Knights? That'd be good, wouldn't it? Great stuff. That'd be great stuff, Benjamin. Now, I feel like you've forgotten that the real show that really exists, Pennyworth, exists. <laughs> oh, yeah, Pennyworth is real. We're always forgetting about Pennyworth, Ben, because we keep thinking it's not real, because no one has ever seen it. it I, I don't think it is real, Michael. What, what do they call it? What do the kids call it? A Mandela effect. It's a Mandela effect, because um, you, you spelled Nelson Mandela incorrectly. Benjamin, <laughs> yes. Pennyworth, Pennyworth is still the nadir, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of why don't you just make a show about something else other than Batla- Batman's butler's dad? Just make, a cool, then- <laughs> just make a cool, weird, spy British 60s thing. Do a serious Austin just, Powers. Just do it that way. Or why don't you make a show about Batman's adopted son and Harvey Dent's adopted daughter who might be the Joker's daughter and then set up the trailer in such a way as to have it appear 
that a harmless teenage girl has killed Batman. Not because that's the actual plot of the show, but just to stoke the fire of alt-right internet hatred. Yeah, because nothing sells a show like alt-right internet hatred. (laughs) People absolutely love it, Ben. The alt-right internet is just going, a girl wouldn't kill Batman. (laughs) How could a girl kill Batman? She couldn't do it. Uh, Batman would have prep time. You'd have prep time? Batman with prep time can beat anybody? Uh, Batman would have uh, considered that eventuality, so I think you're wrong. Benjamin, who's this little boy that Batman has adopted? I don't know, it's a little boy. He's adopted as a little boy. <laughs> he appears to be quite reason. good with his sword. Ah, <laughs> oh, mad shit. Why, why, Benjamin? Now, I mean, the ins and outs of it, we know why. We actually know that Batman is one of the top three highest money-generating superhero characters of all time. Now, that might be old news now that the MCU has gotten so big, but, like, Batman makes money. Yeah, all right. And it obviously kills Warner Brothers that so much of them is tied up in movies that they just can't get a Marvel juggernaut money-making ball rolling on. Yeah. And they're just trying to milk that IP for everything it's worth. Every last penny. Worth. There's a TV show, Benjamin, about his butler's dad. Yes, I know. I just made a penny worth joke. Every penny's worth. Yes. I'm just absolutely horrified that I didn't notice that. <laughs> I, I, I prostrate myself in front of you, Benjamin, with apology. That was one of the greatest jokes of our times. Um, and I just steamrollered over it. That's all I wanted. I, look, you can steamroll away, Michael. We've things to be talking about. It's grand. But come here to me. What is it? Why do they keep doing Batman without Batman? Because I just explained it, Ben. Oh, yeah. The, it's money making and tied up in legal rights for movies and TV shows. The other thing that must be so frustrating is we know that a slate of DC shows and franchises have been cancelled by Warner Brothers recently, but somebody somewhere went, I'll leave that one in, though. Leave that one. <laughs> Cancel Batgirl, but leave in the one about Bruce Wayne's adopted son, a little boy, a little small fella, and the Joker's daughter, who might also be Harvey Dent's daughter. Oh, also, don't forget about uh, that convicted felon that we have in a Fast Running Man movie. Leave him in as well. <laughs> Leave them in What's as well, now? excuse me. Get him in there. It's yeah, the get Flash. them in there, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, on the other hand, Benjamin, it does have Misha Collins, and the internet loves Misha Collins. The internet loves Misha Collins. Mad for him, Ben. It's, it's probably, he's not Commissioner Gordon, surely, is he? He's Harvey Dent, apparently. Oh, get out of town. Why is half your face fine, Misha? His full face is fine because he's a very handsome fellow, Benjamin. It's classic, like, late 90s thing of, like, oh, we can't make this character scarred because it's handsome actor Misha Collins. Uh, Maybe he's going to get scarred by the end of the season, Michael. Calling it now. Putting money on the table now. He's going to be the villain twist for season two. Because, Benjamin, Harvey Dent famously only gets his two-faced appearance after Batman is killed. Yeah, famously, Michael. Not actually a Batman villain, a post-Batman villain. Post Batman villain, he's the he's the villain of Batman's adopted son, the little boy. That's his superhero name. <laughs> the li- oh no, the little boy is coming to get us. Watch out! Watch out! It's the little boy. Oh no, a little boy is chasing us. Um, Not our little boy, Benjamin. The little boy, and that's, that's a superhero. What, no, it identity. has to be the. It has to yeah. be the definite article. Okay. Yeah, when he finally gets a suit in season four, it'll just have. TLB across his chest. Michael, speaking of inexplicable decisions. <laughs> yes, that, go on, what is that it? That no one can fathom. We, we, got, we also got a trailer while we were on our hiatus. 
for Velma. Benjamin, it's out. It's it's out. I haven't. Oh damn it! We should have watched some. It's out. Did you watch some? It's out. Yeah. All right. Tell me it's more. No good. It's, it's no, no good. good. Apparently, it's one of it's one of the worst things that's ever been on television. It's inexplicably bad. So once again, Michael, you kind of have to marvel at the <laughs> the thought process that went here, because this is very similar to our main topic this week. Someone somewhere said, yes. you know the Adams Family that people love from the 90s? People don't love the Adams... I'm just going to cut across you there. People don't love the Adams Family from the 90s. Okay. People love the Adams Family from the 50s and 60s. Okay. Remember, your generation, Benjamin, who grew up in the 90s, that was your, that was your reboot. Oh, yeah. And the original fans didn't really like that. They're like, oh, I'm not really sure about this version of the Adams Family. It's not my Adams Family. That's a classic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. But And, Benjamin, I've said this a hundred times on this podcast before, but the only way to tell is the test of time. Well, that's, that's what's so interesting here, Michael. So, somebody came up with a decision and said, what if we just did it about Wednesday? Yeah. What if we just did that? And what if we removed other fan favourites and just went with Wednesday? Yeah, we can't have a Pugsley. We, we will have a Pugsley, but he'll be a very, he'll be a bit of a milksop. Yeah, we won't have we won't have Herman Munster. No, because that would be a different franchise. Which franchise? That would be the Monsters. Oh, is Herman Munster from the Monsters? Yes, I thought he was from the Adams family. No, no, that's Lurch. Oh, you can't have Grandpa Dracula. Again, wrong franchise. What's that from? The Monsters. My grandpa's a Dracula. Oh, the Monsters. <laughs> Classic fifties sitcom. <laughs> my, oh, my grandpa's a Dracula. Oh, jeez, my grandfather's a Dracula. Yeah, if and, if... and I'm texting teenagers. If Justin Roiland was a free man, he'd be furiously taking notes in the corner right now. <laughs> Benjamin, what has Wednesday got to do with what we're talking about? Have we said it's Velma yet? So, Michael, Velma, we've said it's Velma. We're, we're all right. Okay. So, Michael, someone has turned around and gone, oh, do you know that beloved cartoon from the 60s? Uh, which one? You know the one with the big lovable dog, the cowardly dog and the stoner? Oh, yeah, yeah. Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo, yeah. What if Courage we just the cowardly dog? What if we just got rid of the dog? Get rid of him. Just fuck it. He's a noose around our neck. And what if we changed the race of everybody in it? Yes. Changed the name of one of the most beloved characters of all time. Most beloved pop culture characters of all time. Called him Norville, but it's okay because yeah. that was his original Christian name. And he's a Christian boy. And he's a Christian boy. Not the little boy. That's on no, our other that's... inexplicable property. <laughs> ah. Coming to get you. The little boy is coming to get you. So, and then, why don't we make it an adult comedy? Adult comedy. Why don't that's... we do that? Mm. And that's Velma, Michael. Mindy Kaling is, has been allowed to make this into a bizarre, snarky <laughs> thing. And your take on this, Benjamin, is that she shouldn't have been allowed. Uh, my take on it is the whole show shouldn't have been allowed regardless of Mindy Kaling's involvement. It's a bizarre choice, Michael. <laughs> it's fucking weird is what it is. It's Now, I feel... I don't feel justified in judging it on one episode. Especially a pilot episode. And especially when it sets out that it's the origin of Mystery Inc. Okay, well there's a puppy in the future then, isn't there? Well, is there, there's probably a puppy in the future and Fred will probably stop being so obnoxious in the future and... 
uh, Norville will presumably grow his hair and start being called Shaggy and become white over time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and you know, I don't, I don't know. No. I, it doesn't bother me. Like it really didn't bother me. The race changing. Who cares? No, nah, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't an, matter in an the Indian, slightest. An Indian Velma and a white Velma mean nothing to me. A half Asian Daphne or a, a completely Caucasian Daphne, I don't care. The but the point of it, it is mean spirited, yeah, and not fun and not funny, and like it. It's almost as as far departed from. Scooby Doo, as Rick and Morty is from the animated Back to the Future show. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Like that's the origin of Rick and Morty. Yeah. was let's make as obnoxious a take on Back to the Future as we possibly can. Yeah, that'll go well. <laughs> and this feels like that, but like officially sanctioned. I I cannot fathom this. <laughs> You just can't fathom it, Ben. I just, just, it's so interesting to me why that would be your choice. Why not make it a parody series? Why not make it like a full on, like, oh, we're, we're bloody Enigma and Co. Incorporated. Do you know what I mean? Enigma and Co. Would be yeah. fine. And then you do a complete piss take on the Scooby-Doo series a la The Venture Brothers or, or something like that. I suppose it's already been done have, in The Venture Brothers. But, you know. They have a cat. They have a cat. And it's a yeah. sarky cat. And it's actually quite bulky and brave. Like, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we, we'll, yeah. We're, yeah, we're yeah, actually yeah. going to pitch this to Warner Brothers directly after this podcast. Then start taking notes in your notion. <laughs> uh, but what what has fascinated me most about this, Michael, is Mindy Kaling is not the beloved Indian-American I thought she was. Um, Go on. She is currently receiving a, just a giant backlash from the Indian-American community and the Indian community at large. She's considered to be a self-loathing Indian woman because all of her jokes come at uh, racial expense of her own. Oh, well, look, I don't think I've ever had a conversation where I didn't call myself a potato, so... It's true, but I, I think a lot of people have had enough of it. It's like the Indian characters are more than just a joke about how unattractive we are as people. She's in the, she's in the middle of a big old backlash, Michael. It's very interesting. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's a weird one, Ben. It's a bloody weird one. Mm. Look, um, Benjamin, it's interesting that you like the Scooby-Doo cartoon show from the 90s. I think the definitive Scooby-Doo is the weirdly inappropriately sexy early 2000 films by James Gunn. Weirdly inappropriately sexy. Why are they so sexy? Why are they? Because James Gunn wrote them. <laughs> why Why is Sarah Michelle Gellar why is yes. Sarah Michelle Gellar in a big tight sexy outfit? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. It's very, everyone's very sexy in those. There's no need. Even uh, Freddie Prince Jr. is very sexy. Is causing some, some waves. It's, it's inappropriately sexy, Ben. And, uh, Although there is nudity in the cartoon, um, or is implied there? nudity, implied yeah, yeah, yeah. nudity, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. It's no use. Anyway, look, it'll flash in a flash in a pan. Then ah, look, it's internet internet controversy, and it'll go away and it'll disappear into the ether as they so often do. But again, Michael, that was allowed. That survived the W the WB Co. That survived the WB Co. <laughs> they said get rid of Batgirl, but what we want to keep is this Scooby Doo parody show. I'd say that we've made. I'd say they're kicking themselves now. Post, uh, post Brendan Fraser just being stratospherically celebrated uh, mm. in award season because he was the villain in the Batgirl series, and I'd say they're just there going, "Oh fuck!" It was a movie, Ben. It was a movie. He was Firefly. Still, still, I'd yeah, say they're there going, it, yeah. "Oh 
fuck? We should have kept Brendan Fraser in that. That would have been great. Anyway. Anyway. Speaking of superheroes in unusual locales. Exactly. This was my favourite trailer that you sent me this week. Michael, this was a joyous trailer, wasn't it? It's a- Great stuff altogether, Benjamin. We're talking about extraordinary Benjamin. Yeah. Um, and it's a world where superheroes are real. Yeah. And everyone gets powers. Everybody. And if you don't get powers, you're sent to the mines under the moon by the royal family. Yeah. No, that's that's the Inhumans. I was thinking of Marvel's The Inhumans. My apologies. Ah, uh, uh, it's an easy mistake to make, Michael. In this world, it's kind of Fleabag meets Marvel. Go on. So we, we follow a young Irish woman. A young Irish lass. A young yeah, Irish a lass. Bird. And the poor wee lass hasn't got a power. Oh, be the hokey smokes. And it's Sex in the City meets Skins meets Fleabag with Marvel's special effects budget. Is it set in Ireland, Ben? It looks to be set in London. Is it set in London? Because there's a lot of people with English accents that aren't Irish. Oh, they're at it again, are they, Ben? Um, And it actually looks quite funny, Michael. I thought it looked very good. I thought it looked good from the trailer, for sure. Um, It's out next week, I believe. And, uh, yeah, it it looks like a fascinating kind of take on, on the Girl Meets World comedy format, but with the added edge of superpowers. Benjamin, speaking of extraordinary Irishman boss, and it's not on either of our lists this week, have you seen or heard anything about the movie Let the Wrong One In? What have I told you about adding things to this running order mid-episode? I know, but this has only come up in the last five minutes. Have you seen or heard anything about it? You're getting a spray in the face when I'm done with this. I, I'm, I'm getting the little cap bottle. What? Oh, uh, no, not the cap bottle full of water. And, and fuck's name is Let the Wrong One In? Let the Wrong One In, Ben, is an Irish film about two young fellas and their brother is Benjamin and one of them gets bitten by a vampire and starts becoming a vampire. Oh, Michael, I saw the poster for this in the Savoy Cinema on O'Connell Street. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's where it would be. It's coming out this week, Benjamin, and the the brother who isn't bit by a vampire decides to try and train himself to deal with vampires and he only goes and finds a mentor, Benjamin, in the form of vampire fiction legend Anthony Head. What? And it's set in Dublin then. It's set, It's two Dublin lads dealing with one of them becoming a vampire with Giles. Ah, uh, Michael, we're going. And we're going out, to the cinema. It's out this week and neither of us have ever heard of it. How have we missed it, Ben? Michael, we're going to see that this week. We'd have to. That's, that's it. You'd have to. You'd have to. Yeah. You'd be mad you'd, not to. You'd have to support the old Irish vampire fiction Tony Head industry. Ah, uh, I'm all for the Tony Head industry. Very good, Benjamin. It's a good week for the Irishman's boss. It's a good week. There's two things on the on one of, one of them on the list. One of them yeah, not. One of them on the list. One of them not on the list. Benjamin, I saw the trailer about thirty seconds before we started filming. Oh, you little shit! You wouldn't have. I know. It, you I wouldn't like, have put it in the notion in the helpfully titled <laughs> video bookmark thing and let me know. No, ladies and gentlemen, this the whole notion thing has just become. It's, it just defines our week now. Full ben of notions. so obsessed with the notion. He won't talk to me unless I put it in the notion first. I tried to ring him the other day and he answered and said, put in the notion and hung up. It's just, I've added it's a section for impromptu contact in the notion. Please fill it in. It's an absolute nightmare. It's controlling my entire life. Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. What is Bo afraid of? 
Um, Michael, I saw this trailer apropos of apropos of nothing, if you will. Oh, <laughs> zing, zing, zing. And uh, I saw this trailer, and Michael, it looks fucking mental. It's mad stuff going on. So anyway. it's from the horror impresarios over at A twenty four. Yeah, yeah. Ari Aster's your, back. Mm, makers of one of your favorite recent films, Men. Was that? No, was that, that wasn't Ari Aster. Get out of here. Hereditary. Oh, no, that was A twenty four. But Hereditary yeah, and yeah. Midsommar are the Ari yeah, Aster yeah, yeah. gigs. And mm. fair to say, probably two of the defining horror films of the last ten years. Certainly, kind of the defining. Everything is creepy and awful era of horror. Yeah, everything is creepy and awful, and you wouldn't want to have a family because, oh, what's that? A connection with another human being? Oh, you'd want to get rid of that. You want to get rid of that? That's probably coming back to haunt you. What's that you found acceptance? Oh, you probably shouldn't have gotten that. Whoa. No, I'll tell you why, because it was Midsummers the whole time. It was Midsummers the whole time. But this looks to be a bizarre, I guess, a Freudian nightmare comedy, Michael. Is that what's going on? What's Freudian about it? Um, I'm not very clear. Well, it looks like a big old dream sequence, Michael. It looks like Bo, the aforementioned Bo, played by one Joaquin Phoenix, Michael. The Joker, famously the Joker. He's put on a bit of weight again, Michael. He's not Jokery at all. He's up and down. And, Michael, it seems to be him going on an adventure to go outside and meet his mother? Yes. Now, Michael... If I were to put layers on this, I would think this is one man's delusional, regular journey to go see his mother, but has been heightened by his own neuroses. Yes, it seems... To, I, I thought that's that's definitely the vibe I got from yeah. him. Especially when he steps out into those chaotic scenes. Yeah. And I, I think we were supposed to get the impression that he's suffering from agoraphobia. Or some such. And, or some such. And what is perfectly normal street scene to us is utterly terrifying to him. And I quite... I don't know if that is what it's going to be, mm-hmm. um, but if it is, I quite like the concept. I, I liked it as well, Michael. I was immediately struck by this and I went, oh, I'll be having some of that. I quite like the concept and I also kind of like the concept and maybe now I'm just fan fictioning, but I like the concept that some of the other worlds might be the effects of medication he's on or incidents that happen. Michael, you're spinning gold today. We need to take these down it, uh, and pitch this to post call at the WB. They're they're taking anything. <laughs> it's a and Benjamin. They're they're really swinging back towards white men only. So we're back in with the we're, WB. We're back in soon to be the official podcast of the WB. Myself and Michael. <laughs> we won't be able to keep the name. We'll just have to call it the WB podcast. Yeah, Benjamin, the White Boys podcast. Yeah. White Boys podcast. Yeah, I was gone there. I was you, you preempted me, Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. Look, what was I saying? I would, yeah, I think that would be fascinating. <laughs> yeah. But if I've learned any lessons from the film Nope. Nope. You'll, yeah, you'll remember the film Nope, Benjamin. And I was super excited about it being an alien abduction mystery. And it turned out not to be. And I realised I'd written the film I wanted it to be in my head before going to see it. Yeah. Yeah, you do that a so lot, I'm Michael. Trying, I'm trying not to do that with Bo is Afraid because the... The uh, the trailer really pickled my wickle. It really piqued my interest. I was very intrigued by it, Michael. It's not A24 isn't our usual wheelhouse, Michael. You like the film Men, Benjamin. You said you were working on the sequel called Women, where a man goes to a village and all of the women are played by Anna de Armas. You told me not to talk about that on the podcast. Yeah, yeah I, I, if you actually look at the notion, it's on. It's yeah. under the section that says things not to talk about on the podcast. Oh, look, it says here on the notion, oh, jeez, Mick, oh, <laughs> don't mention this on the podcast. 
I, I sent the spec script to Justin Roiland, my hero. It's actually it's actually right next to the recording of me standing Justin Roiland yeah, six yeah. years yeah, ago. Yeah. Do you remember 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 the things we weren't supposed to talk about? Yeah, yeah. I played it earlier. Though. It's just above the Anna de Armas fetish stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The folder labeled Anna de Armas fetish yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, gross. Yeah. Benjamin. Yeah. Anyway, look, we'll probably go see Bo is Afraid. I think it looks very good. I think it looks very interesting. Yeah, get involved. Get involved, baby. I, I will. Yeah, we will. Exactly. Uh, but come here to me, Michael. Michael, speaking of horror things that are inexplicably popular. Go on. Michael, just before Christmas, as we've previously stated on this podcast, Wednesday yeah. came out. What? That doesn't make any sense. Wednesday came out just before Christmas. The day Wednesday yes. is a lesbian, is what you're telling it, me. That, that is what and I'm she, saying. And it finally told its parents. Uh, I don't know who did that, Michael. Could be a closeted Wednesday, I don't know. Well, it came out is what you've just said. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, it wants the world to know. It's going to mm. let it show. Anyway, Michael, on Netflix, Wednesday came out. <laughs> it was a bad bit. It was a terrible bit. That's why I abandoned it midway through. Yeah, it was a bad bit. Like Put midway through the week, then. also known as Wednesday. Um, yeah. So it's a show on Netflix, Michael, and to say it's done gangbusters, Michael, third most watched televisual thing ever. Incredible stuff, then. Incredible Incredible. It It seems to have struck a bit of a chord with people, Ben, to the point where... Um, do you want, no, we're not talking about the poll yet, are we? We're, we're not... To get out of here! The poll is later on! That's after this. For fuck's sake! I'm sorry, Ben, I don't know how Notion works. It's on the Notion! I haven't a bloody notion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to get a lot out of this, Michael. We're going to get a lot out of this. Very, very good. By which I mean we're getting nothing out of this. Benjamin. Yeah. I've watched most of it. I'm going to put my hands up in the air and I say I haven't seen the last episode. So I don't know who the monster is, but I don't mind it being spo- spoiled. Right. Well, so you bear that in mind. Well, that's good news, Michael, because we're probably going to do one or two spoilers here. So the way this is going to work, ladies and gentlemen, just to, to keep you abreast of the situation, is mm. we're going to do a little retrospective review of Wednesday, Day. And then yeah. we're going to take a look at goth culture overall and why this might have struck a chord with quite so many people. Oh, very good, very nice, Ben. Um, so let's let's start with the Wednesday retrospective review. Now, Michael, I'm going to have to to grouch or grinch this immediately and say I don't understand what people are on about. Oh, um, I have watched this show, watched it with interest, yeah. watched the whole thing. Yeah, and while I say I was engaged, I like yeah. I I didn't hate watch it or I didn't you know it was an enjoyable, entertaining series. I do yeah. not understand the gangbusters success of it. Yeah, it's not it's not amazing. It's it's pure CW. It's pure CW. It's produced by Tim Burton. And I think this is important. Produced by Tim Burton, four episodes are directed by Tim Burton, but it's visually, characteristically, tonally a bit all over the shop and a bit bland. Yeah, yeah. Visually it's it's closer to CW than it is Tim Burton. There are moments of Tim Burton in it. Yeah. But not a but lot. It's Tim Burton no, it's Tim Burton on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. It's not full-on Tim Burton. No. The- now, there are good gothic bits to it. I mean, her bedroom is excellent. Her bedroom is very and good, Michael. That's a, that's straight out of Tim Burton. Yeah, and the forest bits. The forests are all very atmospheric. Thing, the thing is incredible. Yeah, he's great. One of, my, one of the most enjoyable things I've seen in ages. <laughs> 
Yes, definitely my top five things. Um, the the grizzly bits are well done, mm-hmm. if largely off camera. Yeah, yeah. And um, Jenna Ortega herself is spot on visually as Wednesday. And quite good characteristically as Wednesday, I would argue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was watching it with my good lady friend and... I watched, I took a big gap between the first episode, the first two episodes and the later episodes. And I kind of forgot that she's wearing the same uniform as everybody, but in black and in black, in grayscale. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. It, it really is a good visual that she's like this pool of black in a colorful world. Yeah. But. But. The, 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 um, essentially the plot is Wednesday Adams goes to Hogwarts. Okay. And the Hogwarts stuff is as boilerplate as it comes. Very, very dull. Barely a step above um, School for Good and Evil. Fractionally. Fractionally a step above the School for Good and Evil. My favourite character, Benjamin, was Andy Strucker from your favourite show and mine, The Gifted. Uh, he played He played Xavier. Oh, he was terrible. Yeah, yeah, he's always like that. He plays the same character and everything. He's like a, he was a not. He boy. was not good. He's a scowly boy, Benjamin. I so yeah. I there's quite a few scowly boys in this, Michael, and mm. none of them inspire a lot in me. Um, Tyler is there as well as a love interest. Yes, he's a real milk sop. He's a real milk sop, Michael. So uh, here's the thing, right? For me, Jenna Ortega is in a very different TV show to everybody else. And My, that might be the point, though. I, I think that is 100% the point, but I think they've forgotten a couple of different things. Jenna Ortega, visually, spot on. Yes. Like, visually, body language-wise, what a fantastic Christina Ricci reimagining, but still very close to 90s Wednesday Adams. Yes. And I on. think that's important. Yeah. Her dialogue is 90s Wednesday Adams. And I think one of the interesting things that they forgot is that in the original 90s reimagining, which which is a bit of an oxymoron there. Apologies. Weird sentence, Ben. Yeah, That's a, a weird, weird sentence. sentence. She had an ensemble cast to back Christina Ricci's weird sardonic one-liners. So you had yes, the yeah. likes of Angelica Houston who would guide that joke and then Wednesday mm-hmm. would land it with a punchline. Or you had Raul Julia with high energy as a nice foil for Wednesday's kind of calm psychopathic level yes you don't have that here no and they kind of have to occasionally try and substitute in other characters like poor old Eugene the beekeeper oh he was great he was one of my favourite characters in the whole show he was but I mean the whole time I was watching that going this is Pugsley's job this is Pugsley's job why don't you just he's doing Pugsley's job just let it be Pugsley (laughs) now I mean you could have sent Pugsley off to school with her but um there, yeah, go on, sorry, I think I cut across you there. No, but. no, I, I, it's just interesting. For me, the contrast is too strong in places. Like, I, I, this is probably going to get us cancelled, Michael, of all the things we've ever done wrong oh. on this show. Uh-oh. But she's she's not a likeable character. Wednesday. She, she's really mean. <laughs> yeah, she's a horrible psychopath. And she's not very redeeming. Like, there's no part where you go, oh, she made friends. I was like, don't, don't give this woman an inch. What is going yeah. I was watching it in the same kind of vein as that, Benjamin. I was watching it thinking, it would be a betrayal of the character of Wednesday Adams for her to make friends. 
but I think it is. Like, we don't want to watch a show where Wednesday Adams goes off to school and realizes she's a psychopath and becomes a normie. Yeah, because why would we want that? That's not. That's that is against the point of the Adams family. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And I think I don't know. Like, arguably, I think probably one of the other things that's been a bit of a problem, Michael, is that Jenna Ortega and Gwendolyn Christie seem to be much better actors than the people around them. And much, very different heights. Very different heights, Michael. I think that's probably the most noticeable thing about Gwendolyn Christie. (laughs) Gwendolyn Christie is very enjoyable in that show. Um. I think she's phenomenal. One of the biggest disappointments for me was Morticia and Gomez. I th- Cameo bit. I think, yeah, but Christ, Catherine Zeta-Jones was a dull Morticia. Oh. She was, and I, as you know, Michael, a great Catherine Zeta-Jones fan am I. Yes, uh, you've worn out your VHS cassette of the sexy strip fight from Zorro. 100%, Michael. I had to buy a second one on eBay. It cost me a fortune. And it cost you an absolute fortune. Absolute maybe. fortune. Once, yeah. Once I gave you an eye exam, I could see the scene where she jumps over the lasers in entrapment actually burnt into the back of your retinas. Yeah, Michael, there's a section in the notion called the Catherine Zeta-Jones Fund. <laughs> <laughs> that's where the money that we make from this podcast goes to supporting my Catherine Zeta-Jones habit. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what, what's happening there, Michael, is she just kind of phones it in. And then poor El, poor El Luis Guzman... Michael yeah. seems to give it a good old welly, but their chemistry is so off. I just, I didn't get it. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. and that entire arc for them, where we go back to their history and stuff, very shoehorned, very Harry Potter, very Harry Potter, Michael. And I, your parents were here, and I went to school with them, and I didn't like them, I, but now I'm the headmaster, and I don't what know do if I that, cared Harry? for it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Look, I cared for it. I think the central problem with it is it's Wednesday goes to her, to Hogwarts and it, it is beat for beat Wednesday goes to Hogwarts. Yeah, yeah. Um, she goes to Hogwarts. She meets the different cliques. Yeah. There's a monster. Her parents have some mysterious history with the place. Um, the local townspeople are involved somehow and there's some sort of mystery going on and only her special giftedness will be able to solve the mystery. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, it's, it's, it's Wednesday. It's, it's uh, goth Harry Potter. And I think because maybe they had to sanitize... I think, you know, we were promised a, an older kind of Wednesday Adams, a more mature Wednesday Adams story. And that's not what we got. Um, well, the Adams family has always been a comedy. Yeah. And, and this is not a comedy. This is not a comedy, Michael. It takes itself probably a little bit too seriously. It has moments of comedy. I mean, don't get me wrong, but they're not... They're very forced comedy, I would have thought, Michael. It's like uh, Wednesday encounters a normie thing and reacts as Wednesday. Go. (laughs) Brilliant. Uh, And it's not necessarily what you'd call a natural comedic moment. Mm. Uh, I liked when she was in the morgue, Benjamin, and Thing rescued her from the, the, the mortuary drawer. And she said, five more minutes. Because that's what I say when I have to get up in the morning. Yeah, but that... But she's, she's in like a mortuary because she's gothy. She's a she's big old gothy girl. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's, she's tiny. That's interesting. She's a tiny you know, um, and that, I, I don't know. I couldn't get into it. But maybe, I think you might have hit the nail on the head, Michael. Maybe it is Harry Potterdom. Maybe it's people seeking out a similar Harry Potter vibe. Because it's not really, it's not so hot to be into Harry Potter these days, Michael, because J.K. Rowling is a big old baddie. Yeah, but J.K. Rowling, the old left-wing lunatics on the internet don't like J.K. Rowling. Yeah, so it's just one or the other, Michael. You've always to pick one of the lunatics. You have to pick one of the lunatics. It's just the way podcasting works these days, Michael. We've aligned ourselves to the left-wing lunatics, but hopefully not if WB puts bloody pen to paper. <laughs> we'll, shill, we'll shill for anything. We'll shill full stop. <laughs> we will shill anything. <laughs> Justin Roiland's new series. Oh, God. Rick and Morty go to prison. <laughs> oh, jeez, Rick. <laughs> Rick and Morty defend their position on underage sexting. Um, yeah. yeah. But anyway, Michael, we did a bit of digging. I My initial assumption here was maybe, maybe it's goth. Maybe it's something to do with goth. Maybe it's 90s maybe Wednesday and Adam kids going, oh, my God, look. It's goth. Go on. And so I did a bit of digging, Michael, into goth. Oh, you did a bit of digging into goth. As a concept. Yeah, I did, yeah. And so that's what we're going to take a look at today, Michael. We're going to take a look at goth. Is that why you put the poll up on the Instagram? Michael, it is why I put a poll up on the Instagram today, Michael. It was a bit... By the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this and you took part in our poll, thank you very much. You made our Monday. Yeah, very good. You made our Monday. It, obviously, Most successful poll we've ever done. <laughs> pretty sad that that's what makes our Mondays. But hey, but hey. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll take it. Benjamin, we have the results of the poll here. Go, Will we read them out? Go on, you read them out there, Michael. You, Benjamin, we had four <laughs> four candidates. I proposed five, but you shut me down. Yeah. And we, and we had four candidates for best goth ever. Yes. We had Alvira Benjamin, the mistress of the dark. Classic. We had Eric Draven, also known as The Raven. He's the crow, you fuck. Yeah, I know. I was trying to upset the... <sighs> we had Morpheus Benjamin, Dream of the Endless. Yeah. And we had Young Wednesday Adams, as played by Jenna Ortega. Yeah. And I tell you what, Benjamin, Eric Draven ran away with it. Ran away with it, Michael. 46% of the votes went to Eric Draven. People Benjamin. are so into the crow, Michael. He is the quintessential goth. What the fuck, Michael? Elvira was second, Benjamin. I would have lost money 19... on that. You would have lost a lot of money on it with 19% of the vote. Poor old Wednesday Adams, Ben, despite being the flavour of the moment, was only third with 19%. That's less than one in five voters, Benjamin. Yeah, I, I don't know. And Morpheus, Dream of the Endless, an absolute shit show for performance. Coming in with 12% of the votes, Ben. A little over 1 in 10 of the voters. And Ben, yeah. we put up a, a quick little question saying, what? who did we miss? And you got it in the neck, Ben. Oh, Michael. the fans. Michael, they, they bloody harpooned me. They had no time for you because we had nearly as many people wrote in Morticia as voted for Morpheus. Yeah, we had comments like "fuck you, Colopy, you're an absolute waste." <laughs> oh no, sorry, no, that's my that's those. my that's my personal Instagram. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, um, that was your dad. That was my dad. <laughs> <laughs> he asked you to go to the supermarket and get some eggs, and you forgot. He said, <laughs> "Oh, jeez, Dad, I'm doing an internet poll. I'll go afterwards." <laughs> and then you forgot. 
And now he's not best pleased. Now he's not best pleased. But yeah, so we forgot a few people there, Michael. And it's probably important to note here at the moment. One of the people that we forgot, Michael, is one of our favourite bloody guests. Bloody, the only, the OG, the original gangster of podcasting. The original glop. The, the OG Rachel. glop. It's Rachel. We forgot Rachel. And Rachel, we're so sorry. If you're listening, you're the gothiest of goths. As far as we know, she invented goth culture in Ireland. Bit. That's that's what I heard. As far as we know. And there's quite a few academic articles on the line that back that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back it up. Benjamin, my um, my internet is glitching to shit here. Like, it looks like you're in a rave. I hope the, I hope this is recording properly. I hope it is too. I'm sure it is. I, Don't move too much. I'll try and stop, I, I suppose. And it, <laughs> um, yeah, thanks. But anyway, tell us about your uh, tell us about your goth research. We got some, yeah. So I, I kind of went digging here, Michael, to, to find some stuff. And boy, oh boy, Michael, did I get some Go good on. stuff? Loads of loads of interesting stuff here, Michael. Ben, so, did you just say I got some good? stuff? I got some good stuff. I wish I had said that. That would have been much better than my boring regular English. Um, Very good. So, Michael, I took a look in, in kind of a broad sweep, Michael. I wanted to find out the historical context of the old Gothic culture. And th- then I wanted to have a look at Gothic culture in America in particular. Because let's face it, Michael, it had its roots in the UK, but it's very much an American phenomenon from the 90s onwards. Is it, though? Ah, get out of here, it is. Benjamin, obviously you've never hung around the central bank in Dublin's city centre. Oh, contraire, my friend. Go on. Uh, I was, in fact, one of the little dweeby people in my glasses with my long hair and my system of a down hoodie awkwardly sat about the central bank. <laughs> um, yeah, but you were, you were an emo, Ben. I was an emo. My generation didn't get to be goth. No, we just weren't cool enough. We just got to, we just got to be... Emo. It wasn't, wasn't the same, Michael. But um, I took a look at that, and then I took a look at... Speaking of the misrepresentation of goth subculture, Michael, that'll also be on the thing. Benjamin Colopy, a misrepresentation of goth subculture. <laughs> um, but that'll also be there. And then I wanted to take a look at kind of... Oh, sorry, I bumped off the mic there. I'll go again. I wanted to take a look at where the lineage of Wednesday kind of came from. And All so right. I had a look at a little bit of that as well. And that brought me to the fascinating cultural practice of unothering, Michael. I've had a time of it. Unothering. I've had a time unothering. of it. I know. You've been on you've been on Reddit again I've, by the sounds of this. I've been on Reddit and Tumblr, Michael, and ooey. Ooey baby. <laughs> so as I said there, a lot of this gothic stuff comes from it's straight out of the punk movement. Um, it's a branch shoot off of that. So punk really had its moment in the sixties and seventies. And then in the late nineteen seventies early 1980s we get the goth movement on from that so the the goth movement is a lot of the punk aesthetic kind of turned up to 11 michael and yeah. then less violence so th- those are the core kind of elements that come out of that violence down contrast up yeah saturation down yeah a little bit like that that's pretty much a, a spot on kind of look at that and the the peak of that michael the the halcyon days of the gothic movement would have been the early 90s late 80s early 90s that would have been peak gothic at the time like a like a big gothic spire like a big gothic spire reaching into the heart of civilization michael that's what you With had the murder of crows on it ben yeah um just 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 a big old a big old flock of the fuckers just circling yeah. 
just circling around it and a creepy man hanging off the side of it with one hand. Yeah, and instead of cawing, they'd be quoting Edgar Allan Poe. Mm, and the man hanging off the side would be Richmond from the IT crowd. Yeah, that'd be it. There, you got it. That's, so that was, that was a common or garden site in Dublin and London in the early 90s. <laughs> it kind of was. <laughs> it kind of was, though. Except it wasn't Richmond, it was Rachel. Um, it was Rachel, yeah. <laughs> she was just hanging off the church spire going... <laughs> <laughs> and anyone who looked at it. Anyone. Anyone. Um, but yeah, so the horror and fantasy genres really fed into that. Um, we had huge cultural moments for that in things like The Sandman um, and Morpheus and Death of the Endless. Those were all heavily goth aesthetics at the time. Robert Smith. Robert Smith was around doing Robert Smithy things. It was a whole mm. thing. So anyway, that Michael keeps going that that becomes largely thing and where it comes from and where it becomes an american phenomenon is as a form of social resistance and oh so i took a look at this and why it reaches its peak michael really around the 1980s is because of ronald reagan much like everything else michael it's old ronnie I knew it was Ronnie. Was it Goths who tried to kill him? Uh, no, but Ronald Reagan really rose to power uh, with that famous phrase, the shining city on the hill. You had that, you know, stupid phrase in that speech about America being an icon for the world. And what that was, was kind of a a dog whistle call for a return to the, the golden age of America in the 1950s and 40s. You know, this idea of the nuclear family and, you know, all that rubbish. Okay. You've used a very loaded modern term there, Ben, in dog whistle. Uh, I did, yeah, but it, it fits. It's re- okay. retroactively applied, but it fits. Okay. Um, very um, The reason the term dog whistle applies to it is because what that was really calling for, Michael, was let's get back to normal, standard American stuff. Only normie stuff from now on. Get down off that spire. <laughs> what are you doing up there, girl? Get down. Get down. Someone give me the spray bottle. <laughs> And and that's really how we looked at, you know, that kind of thing. So Reagan brought all that in. And in direct response to that, the goth movement received kind of a bolstering because there's nothing more other than goth. Goth is like a glaring in your face, middle finger to established order and normie culture. To being a big normie. It's, it's a big thing. Like, it's it's just a big fuck you. And... A lot of that came from a concept that's been coined when they study uh, goths like this. It's uh, Philip Jenkins is a man who does a lot of the work in that. He wrote a really interesting essay called uh, The Perception of Goths and the Evolution of Goth. Um, and they're really interesting. But anyway, he goes into detail about something called the carnivalesque. So oh. the gothic is a traditional thing that comes from the Victorian era. It's all over the novels. Death, decay, um, and it's an outlet against Victorian repression towards, oh, what's that little intrusive thought? Put it in a novel. Uh, oh, look, there's a, is there a woman in that window there? Or am I dead? Yeah, and then another classic of, oh, man, I would love to have sex with that woman. I'm going to put it in a novel. Um, oh, God, she's dead, though. <laughs> and, it's on, and it's on the moors. And it was grand to push that, Michael, and say, yeah, great, Um and it was like, oh, it's just a novel. It's fine. You can have those thoughts if it's fiction. Fiction. Mm. Um, You're sexy Dracula. And an easy way to make something a fiction was to have a supernatural element. Oh, it's a ghost. It's fine. The author isn't a pervert. He just likes to write a story. 
about sexy ghosts. About sexy ghosts. Now, I'm probably being very demeaning to Victorian authors calling them perverts, but let's face it, they were. All right. All right, Ronald Reagan, calm down. (laughs) So, the Carnivalesque, on the other hand, is the American counterpart to that kind of classic English Gothic. And the Carnivalesque uh, emphasizes the importance of the grotesque, the absurd, and the ironic. Um, yeah, so if you wanted to look at that, you know, a lot of classic uh, British Gothic is very tame. There's a haunting, you know, and the scariest thing about that thing is that it's a ghost or it's a vampire. There's a woman in the window. Oh, what does it do? Nothing particularly. It's just unsettling. It's just very unsettling. It's put me off my Quickly. constitution. Get the vicar. On the other hand, what we have in the carnivalesque and the more American counterpart of that, Michael, is someone like Edgar Allan Poe, whose bread and butter is absolute terror and oddness, like a talking Mm. fucking raven. Um, Oh, imagine. Ravens can talk, though. So they can, but they don't recite poetry. Um, They can if you ask them. They can if you swing off a spire and... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Inspire them. Gives a poem. <laughs> Gives a poem. Um, so the carnivalesque kind of took over and that became a real klaxon call for people that didn't want to align to this Reagan-esque, super America, golden age kind of thing. But where it all went tits up, Michael, and where goth kind of became demonised in culture is in the 1990s um, with the awful events of the Columbine Massacre. Oh, were those last goths? No, so this is where it gets interesting, Michael, and this is why I, I really emphasise the demonisation of it. So Sabrina Newman um, writes a really, really interesting article called The Evolution of Perceptions of the Goth Subculture. Benjamin, who in the fuck is Sabrina Newman? She's an academic, Michael. An academic on this on podcast? On this podcast. Michael, I've done a lot of digging this week. It's our first podcast back. I'm in it to win it. He's got lots of time. I'm in it to win it. I actually don't. He's fucking in it to win this it. This was He's snatched in, it in between commutes. It's it's pretty impressive for the amount that I've got done. So, so some academic wrote this. Go on. So anyway, the quote goes, not only do television shows demonise goths, but news and mainstream media do as well, especially in the 1990s. They are even misidentified delinquents and murderers as goth solely for how they dressed. Okay. Benjamin. Yeah. I apologise for cutting across you, but I lived through the 90s more... I know you did too, but you were probably too small. I was too small. I was, I was the little boy. It was so fun. It's so, it's so funny looking back on the 90s and watching things like on the news where it'd be a slow news day and the news would be like, and next in the news, we've gone to Dublin and we've interviewed some guts. <laughs> there'd be like the most normie looking presenter possible holding a microphone up to someone who's a bit half-hearted goth and yeah. going why do you dress like this is it because you want to yes fucking great stuff like it was almost reminiscent of how the mainstream press treats cosplay these days yeah you know we've seen mainstream press going to comic cons and asking stupid questions and Almost having a little bit of a superior attitude. Yeah. Oh, did did you do all this yourself? Did you? Did you make this all yourself? And would you be would you would you be embarrassed to wear it if your parents were watching? No. Well, very good. We've not got much news today, so back to you in the studio, Sharon Diviolo. And come here to me. You don't have a normal life outside of this, do you? You couldn't possibly. Oh, would you you wear that to the office? Would you? (laughs) Yeah, and that's what it was like (laughs) seeing goths on television in the nineties. 
It was like, it's a fucking slow news day. Let's just go point a camera at the Goths and see if they fucking turn into bats or whatever. So, yeah, the, the Columbine massacre, I suppose, was the, was the big peak of that, Michael. Um, and they were falsely identified as Goths in the media because it was an easy scapegoat alignment. A bit like video games as we went on. You know, everyone blamed video games for a while. And, you know, then we blamed extremism. And now we have domestic terrorists in the US and we don't talk about them because they're white. We don't we don't want anything like that. Um, that'd be very awkward. But we had a lot of that, Michael. And then what's interesting to me and what Wednesday has to do with all this is Wednesday very much um, kind of embraces that rhetoric. Um, in, in the show, it's normies versus outcasts is the phrase that we mm. use. Um, outsiders by any other name, Michael, in that particular case. But... It's really interesting. That's the central debate of what's happening in Wednesday. And it's a very tame form of that discourse. Um, It's an inclusivity uh, politics without the the actual risk of being another. So what I mean by that is, Michael, you know, in some of these communities, and especially if we look at marginalised groups as a whole, those communities are in real danger, depending on where they are in the world. So... In some countries, it's not okay to be gay. And in some countries, it's not okay to be transgender. In other countries, it's not great to be anything other than white. Do you know what I mean? Mm, Hogwarts. Yep. Hogwarts. Not great. For example. Not great. Off the top of your head. So, But those are very risky stories to tell and they carry a lot of impact. This is an easy way for people to engage with that kind of politics. Okay, um, and there's a line in the show where I think it's Enid. Is that the name of her roommate? Yes, she's kind of a werewolf. She's kind of a werewolf sometimes if the plot demands it. So what happens there, Michael, is she says, insert your favorite marginalized group here at the end of her quote about freaks, outcasts, goblins, ghouls, that, that kind of thing. And what it is, is a very safe way for people to engage with you know, marginalized communities and feel better about, you know, oh, well, I, I would never do that to somebody without the risk and real life kind of, not trauma, trauma is too strong a word, but the implication that, you know, things could go horribly wrong for some of these groups, you know? Mm. Um, so it's an easy way for people to do that, Michael, if that makes sense. And yeah, it skirts the issue a little bit by having the outcasts being white and black and Asian yeah. and gay and straight and women and men. And the normies be white and black and Asian and gay and straight. I don't think there are any gay subtexts in it. Oh. Um, but there's always season two. Ah, uh, we'll, we'll get some. The werewolf metaphor is largely treated as a transgender metaphor. And, uh, oh, is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's largely treated as a, a gay metaphor and stuff like that in reverse. Um, so Enid can't transform into a werewolf and her mother wants her to go to werewolf camp to oh, activate see, her transformation. Benjamin. I see, in reverse. You see, because as you well know, I suffer from metaphor blindness. You do, Michael. You've, you you see, everything's grey to you. I don't know what you mean. It's all a grey area. Oh, I don't get it. No, you wouldn't. That's all right, Chief. Just take a look at the next slide. Um, you see, but that, I was continuing. I, I got it. I got the joke, Michael. I hope you got your pennies worth <laughs> from that joke, then, you <laughs> son of a bitch. So, Michael, another thing that... that um, Wednesday is kind of attempting to do, I think, is sexy storytelling. Go on. Um, and that's, you know, if we look at the, the TV lineage of Wednesday, that's all born of Riverdale. Wednesday is very much the Adams family if the Riverdale writers got a hold of it. 
Yeah, okay. It's a, it's a little bit less sexualized than Riverdale. A little bit, but we haven't seen no, season good, two yet. A good bit, yeah. I think it's a good bit less sexualized than Riverdale, to be fair. Yeah, but the intense risk is there nonetheless, Michael. Yeah, yeah. It's still, like, sexually charged, for sure. But it's not as, look at these 25-year-old models. Yeah, that's true. Going to high school. We kind of we kind of got away with that. But I, I think maybe the, the core of it, Michael, is, and one of the things that saves Wednesday, is that it comes from... All I could think when I was watching it, Michael, was Freaks and Geeks. Oh, Paul Feig's. Paul Feig's. Classic. Yeah, Freaks and Geeks. And a lot of what that was was representing the weird kids at school, mm. if that makes sense. This time, it's the weird kid, uh, weird kids with one of your least favorite things, metaphors, Michael. They're, they're basically oh, metaphors. metaphors. Yeah, I know. Um, but it's the same appeal. It's, look at these kids that are so misunderstood. Wouldn't you like to know what they're all about? da 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 But where I think Wednesday kind of falls down, Michael, is it's a very sanitized version of all these different tropes the the gothic elements in wednesday are not all that gothic like they're they're not scary they're not unnerving because our central character is unflappable like there's nothing that happens to her that she's not ready for The, the scariest moment might be when and spoilers here for Wednesday if you haven't seen it when they resurrect the main baddie the the pilgrim bad guy oh he's a pilgrim Ben yeah to get you. so you know that that's a little bit scary but not really and then everything else outside of that is not all that scary Michael we, we, you know there's nothing truly horrifying about Wednesday it's very tame by comparison and more importantly. Mm. When things become realistic, one of the things that set Freaks and Geeks apart in 1999, Michael, was there was quite a lot of in-depth character work and storytelling. There's very little character growth for anybody other than Wednesday. And even then, I don't think Wednesday is the type of character who should be growing. She's, But th- that's the whole shtick of the Adams family. You know, the world changes, but the Adams family doesn't. Um, yeah, exactly. They're resistant to it. And so I, I think one of the great goals of that TV show, Michael, was to unother. Um, marginalized groups and it's it we've talked about othering on this before where we dehumanize characters um to make us kind of easier to dislike them it's it's always easier to root for a baddie's demise if they're not human yes you know and we've that's the practice of othering but there's a a a vehement attempt in a lot of different medias to unother especially growing out of the goth culture um where you know monsters and spooky goblin-y ghouly boys are, and Rachel. And Rachel. They're the real heroes all along. And I think in their attempt to unother that much, they took all the kind of spooky joy that might have come out of Wednesday away from it. I wouldn't say all. I do agree, but I wouldn't say all. That's Because it is, it, it's better than Riverdale. It's a long way better than Riverdale. It's better than most of that genre of stuff. It's better than Sabrina. It's not an all-time classic. It's not. No. It's well, but it's, as you say, Michael, time will tell. Ah. As you say. No follow-up to that. Yeah, fair. Ladies and gentlemen, that is what I say. We clearly don't get what made Wednesday so popular. Maybe you do. Could you possibly get in touch with yeah. us in a few different places? Oh, very good. You can find us on the interwebs at www.shomrabeug.com, s e o m r a b e a g.com. It means a tiny room in Irish. You can find us 
on Instagram at your luxury listen podcast. You can. Just polls and everything. Just polls and everything. You can take part in a poll and get mentioned on this very podcast. But ladies and gentlemen, the best way to get in touch with either of us mm. is to hop up on the Discord where we have lively debates with folks about various... Not for a few weeks now. We <laughs> no, break, but, it was, but we were on a hiatus. It'll kick back in. It'll kick, it'll kick back, back in. in. Ladies and gentlemen, you can join us in a week's time where we'll be taking a look yeah. at The Last of Us and the horrifying science behind what inspired that particular apocalypse. Ah, Ben, it's science. It's my turn. Yeah. And we're going to have a brand new segment called Explain It to Ben. (laughs) Um, Where I struggle to grasp even the most basic of scientific concepts. I won't be able to explain it with metaphors, though, Ben. We're really going to struggle next week. (laughs) That's it from us, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. And we will see you next Tuesday.